These God's words for today, these little daily devotionals are in the back if you want to take them. Uh, please do that. There's a daily devotion, there's a scripture, there's a prayer, a prayer suggestion, a challenge for you. And I'd want you to take them. If you can't afford it, you're like, I don't have any cash, just take it please because they're time sensitive. They started in December 1st and uh, we're already, can you believe it, December 9th. So we'd, I'd love for you to have one of those back there. Um, thanks again for your generosity. Uh, next next week we're going to receive we are going to receive a special offering I know we said this in November we're going to receive a special offering for One Day to Feed the World which is to Convoy of Hope which is a ministry that feeds people all over the world so we're going to do that uh, next week and um, again I wanted to say Merry Christmas come on Merry Christmas alright I know it's a little dark outside and you're a little like chilly uh, we're going to turn the heat off so you'll, you'll stay awake I'm just kidding um I'm ready with God's Word today. I hope you're ready today. Would you, are you ready? Yes. Come on, I hope you're ready. It's Christmas. Some of you are already Christmas partied out. You've already had too much fruitcake and eggnog or you haven't had enough at all. Um, but I want us to come into God's presence this morning. And so if you, if you, if you have your Bible, Luke chapter, uh, we're going to do Luke 1, 2, and, and 5 in a different couple places. And I'm going to kind of flip around through the Scriptures. But I want you this morning, and I know I, know I mentioned this a lot because... The enemy wants you and I to live in fear. Was that true? Okay, the world wants us to, to focus on fear. And so, so fear permeates our society. And I want to I look at the Christmas message again and a couple parts in the, in the, in the New Testament, specifically in the book of Luke, where, where God and Jesus said to, to fear not. In the King James it says fear not. And in, of course in the NIV, which I'm going to read a lot about it today, it says do not be afraid. And so uh, Luke 2.10, it says, when, when the angel of the Lord came to the shepherds out, out in the field, he said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news and great joy, which shall be for all the people. Who is all the people? All. Are you part of the all? As they might say down south, y'all, you all. Okay, so y'all is talking to you, and then you all is plural for y'all. Do you know that? Giving you a little language lesson in Texan. Not that I'm from Texas. So, so our, 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 our society permeates us with fear, right? I mean, wash your hands. Remember that? I mean, I'm, as a, you should wash your hands, especially before you eat. But I mean, wash your hands, hand sanitize. Remember all the, all the germs and all that? We're all, you know, cover your mouth and all this stuff. Fear, fear, fear. The global economy, the Mayan calendar. Uh, you know, there might be an NHL lockout which might ruin the season. For some of you, like, who cares, you know? Your football team's doing horrible, you know? And so there's, uh, you're, you're living in fear for all these things. I'm being kind of silly on some of this stuff. But this is not God's plan for your life. Would you agree? Come on. God does not want you to live in fear. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. And as I said earlier, the enemy wants you to live in fear. Fear of losing your job. Fear of something happening to your family. Fear of you getting some weird disease. Fear of this. Fear of that. And so the enemy is bombarding us with fear, 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 fear. And so I find that Christians live in fear of being Christians. We live in fear of being what God has called us to be in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our workplaces, in our schools. And so God is not pleased with that. He doesn't want us to live in fear. He wants us to live with power and sound mind. Amen? And so in Luke's narrative, he says a couple times, fear not, three times, and then four additional times in his gospel. And you see, I want, I want you to get your mind on the shepherds out in the fields uh, among the hills of, of Bethlehem, and there are sheep everywhere. They're tending the sheep, and, and it's 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 probably nighttime. The angel comes to them. Now, if you ever see an angel, we were talking about this with with Zoe. She was asking about do people see angels today. I said, yeah, probably do. 
And uh, sometimes we don't recognize them, sometimes we do. And she says, well, how do I recognize an angel? How would I know an angel came to me? I said, sometimes you, you may not be aware of what an angel, uh, but I said, angels always do good things. They always glorify God. And, and so sometimes, though, when angels appear, there's a f- sense of fear that comes upon mankind. Like, oh my goodness, I'm standing in the presence of a holy being. And so here these shepherds are out in the field, and, 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 and the angels come and says, fear not. Because if you think about the times they lived in, it was fearful times. The times that we live in are possibly fearful times. And in fact, Matthew 4.16 states that people were living in darkness and in a land of the shadow of death. And death is a terrible enemy that has kept many people living in bondage to fear. And Jesus, as I said during the communion time, Jesus came to free us from the fear of death and to free us from sin, Satan, hell, and the grave. Isn't that exciting? That's what this message, this rediscovering the Christmas message, this baby born in a manger came to set us free from fear. Isn't that exciting? Amen? And so it was not until Jesus destroyed this on the cross and was buried and resurrected until He broke that bondage, then people were free. And as believers, we should never fear death because we're all going to die, right? Come on, look at you. You're dying right now. I mean, you're living, but you're going to die. And he said, you know what, I don't, I don't need to fear death. I'm going to die. I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven. I don't need to worry about how I'm going to die or when I'm going to die. I just need to live for Jesus now. Amen? And so let's look at what the angels announced. Let's look at some scriptures. I'm going to read some of these scriptures. It might be a little bit long, but I want you to grab them. So I didn't put them up here on purpose. So if you take your Bible, Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. I want to start there with, with Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. Luke chapter 1. Uh, starting in verse 11, Luke chapter 1, verse 11, there's some Bibles in the pews, there are red Bibles there. I would love for you to get that. The first thing, the first point is, I want to write, I want you to write this down on your notes, is God answers prayer. Okay, is that a Christmas message? Absolutely. And so Luke chapter 1, it talks about Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, and Zechariah is serving, he's, he's, he's a priest, uh, he's serving in the temple. So Luke chapter 1, verses 11 through 25. I'm not going to read every one of those, but I'm going to skip through a few of those. Here we go. Verse, verse 11. Then, listen to this, okay? So Zechariah is in the temple serving the Lord. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, or do not fear, in the King James. Zechariah, your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from birth. Verse 16, many of the people of the Israel will be, he will bring back to the Lord their God. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a, a prepared people for the Lord. So here it is. Just get this in your mind. okay? So, so here Zechariah is serving in the temple by, by lot. He was chosen to go and he was offering incense. As I said during this time, there was always someone worshiping in the temple. There was always praise and worship going before they had Sirius XM. Okay, this was awesome. This was live people were worshiping the Lord 24-7 in the temple. So the priests were offering sacrifices. They were offering incense. And so Zechariah, an older priest, now and his wife Elizabeth were older. Now nothing wrong with being older. But the problem in their time is they had no children. They were barren. And so, so keep that in mind for a second. So he's in the temple. He's serving incense. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appears in front of him. Okay? 
that startled him. He was gripped with fear. Okay? So let's go on. Um, verse 19. Then the angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words and, and which will come true at their proper time. Okay, so then if you go down to verse 23, verse 23, Luke 1, 23, it says, when, this time of service, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, he said. She said, in these days he has shown his favor and took, taken away my disgrace among the people. Okay, so, here's, let me, let's talk through this. Okay, so Zechariah is in the temple. Now think about this. We've talked about this, okay, that every year during what we call uh, Yom Kippur or the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies. Only a few people could go in there. And, and specifically, the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies to offer sacrifices for all the people. You know the story, and we talked about that there were bells on his robe and there was a rope around his ankle or cord. And if the Lord was displeased with the sacrifice, he would slay the high priest. Okay, and so they would listen for the bells. And if the bells stopped for any short time, they knew the Lord was displeased and they would pull the high priest out. So think about that for a second. So Zechariah is in the temple. He's in the holy area. An angel appears from him. So imagine what he's thinking. Oh my goodness. I'm about to be slain by the angel of the Lord. So you've got to think about the fear. I mean, the fear of God is in him, as we might say. So the, so the angel says, do not be afraid. Fear not. Your prayers have been answered. What prayer? He knows the prayer. Him and his wife, probably every morning, Father God, we try to please you. Forgive us of our sins. And Lord, we want a child. We want a child. You think, what's no big deal? No, you know, no diapers, no insurance, no extra clothes. But you know, it was a big deal then. Because if you were a Jewish man and had a wife and you had no children, there was something wrong. In fact, the rabbis, let me get this right, the rabbis would say, the Jewish rabbis at that time said, a Jew who has no wife or a Jew who has a wife and no child was to be excommunicated. So childlessness, childlessness was a valid ground for divorce at that time, but also people looked down upon. Can you imagine Elizabeth and, and Zechariah walking through the market? Oh, People walking, getting away from them, because they were very judgmental. I'm glad we're not judgmental today, right? I mean, so, so here they're, they're walking through the market. Maybe they're getting their bagels. I don't know what they were doing. They're going, they're getting their menorah ready. Who knows what they're doing? And so, so they, people were talking, oh, there's Elizabeth. They're sinful people. They're, I can't believe he still works in the temple. I can't believe the high priest even allowed. You know, so, oh, there's that Elizabeth. You know, ladies, I know you never do that. I know that. I'm just, probably these people back then did that, right? So can you imagine the stigma the shame, probably. The, and they look, there's nothing wrong with us. We're good people. So they're older in age. Here's the cool thing is, God answers their prayer. And He sends an angel and He says, Fear not, God has answered your prayer. So Zechariah and Elizabeth now, are they're excited. They're filled with joy because now the darkness has been lifted because now Elizabeth, older in age, is about to have a child. Isn't that awesome? Come on, isn't that awesome? You think, well, hey, we got, we got medical sciences and we have fertility drugs. And, and, I mean, think of it. They didn't have any of that. And so God answers their prayer after a long time. You ever prayed something for something for a long time? You ever wondered if God ever hears your prayers? Do you ever wonder if God cares? You see, I want you to take hope during this Christmas message, during this time, that you should take hope from 
Zechariah and Elizabeth. Their prayers were heard. God's timing was different than their timing. But God's answer came. And not only did it come, but it was a big answer, right? I mean, most of you parents, you're hopefully proud of your children, right? You want your child to grow up and do something big, right? Right? You don't want them to grow up and live in your basement playing video games, right? Until they're 95? I mean, unless they're, unless they're developing the video games and making lots of money and taking care of your retirement and taking care of orphanages and funding church ministries and all that kind of stuff. But otherwise, you want your child to excel, right? Right? And so, not only did they give him, he was given a son by God, but he was a great son. He would go and do great things for the Lord. He would prepare the way for the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when God answers prayers, sometimes they're small prayers, but God answers big prayers with big answers. Are you hearing me this morning? So I want to encourage you not to give up on your prayers. You've been praying. I, I know I've told you this a million times, but I'm going to tell you again, I prayed for my father to give his life to Jesus for 13 years. I'd get on my face every night before I went to bed, and I'd get on my face, I'd kneel, whatever, and I'd say, Lord Jesus, please open my eyes, my eyes of my father. Let him come to know Jesus. And finally, of course, unfortunately for him, he had to get in a car accident, and it, and it woke him up spiritually, physically, he woke up and he said, my goodness, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Because God spoke to him in the accident. God said to him, everything's going to be okay. He broke three, three or four ribs. He had three or four punctures in his lungs. Uh, 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 and so he could have died, but God spoke to him in that time. You're going to be fine. And at that moment, he said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Now, 13 years might not be much for some of us. If you think about Zechariah and Elizabeth praying, maybe, who knows, maybe they were 70, 80 years old. I don't know how old they were, just as they were older in age. So don't give up, amen? Don't be afraid because God still answers prayer. Maybe you have a disappointment, a disappointment, a disappointment at work or with your family or, or with something going on. God's delay is His timing will be right. Don't give up in prayer, amen? Do not be afraid. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Listen to this. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the grace of the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? The second thing I want to talk about this morning is God gives us grace. Luke chapter 1. It goes on a little bit later. Luke chapter 1, down in verse 26. Luke 1, 26. Luke 1, 26 through 38. And I'm not going to read all of those scriptures. Verse 26, in the sixth month, the same angel, busy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Verse 27, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are high, listen to this now, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting that might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid or fear not, the King James, Mary, you have found favor with God. You will be with child and ain't, and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Again, here this young lady, this, this woman who is betrothed or who is engaged to a carpenter, God speaks to her and says, Hey, through this angel Gabriel, you are highly favored. You're going to give birth. She's like, wait, wait, wait a minute. We're not even married yet. What's going on? So all this stuff, I'm just, I'm just married. How can this be? I'm, I'm a virgin. Of course, he says, God will be with you. God will make this happen. 
So, so here it is. Okay, six months later, after the angel Gabriel visits Zechariah and Elizabeth, now he goes and visits Mary. He says to Mary, Fear not, you who are favored of God. Obviously, she's troubled. What is this highly favored? He, she's saying, what does it mean that God is with me? Well, the word translated means grace. Okay, listen to this. And a literal translation, if, if it was read literally, would be grace to you who are highly favored. You have found grace with God. Now think about that. The God of the universe, the creator of the universe. Okay, he is a holy God. He is a loving God. He's a just God. He is a gracious God also. So you think about their view of God at the time was no man, the Bible says here, that no man has seen God. And that to go into God's presence means that you would die because of His holiness. And so Mary's understanding of God was if, 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 how can I have favor with the God who would slay me because of my wickedness, because I'm nobody. But the angel says to her, you are favored by God. You have found favor with God. You will be, you will be with child. Isn't this awesome? Amen. Yeah, that's great, Pastor Stan. Where's the eggnog? Are we done yet? God calls on Mary. God's call on Mary would not be easily understood by her, her family, and those around her. In fact, God's call on your life sometimes is hard to fathom. God's grace on your life is sometimes hard to understand. Because you see, we live under an age of grace because of Jesus Christ. We are not slain for our sins. Aren't you glad for that? Every time you make a mistake, God is not there. So that's it, buddy. That's it, lady. You're done. God is gracious. Christmas is about the grace of God. Not grace about just being saved, but highly favored. So here it is, Mary. Sometimes, sometimes even believers struggle with your call that God has in your life. Has in your life. And so, so people don't understand. Think about Mary. Again, think about, here it is. She's betrothed. Also now she's showing with child. Say, wait a minute, Mary and Joseph aren't married yet. They must have been doing something they shouldn't have been doing. In this day and age, I know it's okay. It's okay for people to get pregnant out of wedlock. And it's sad because it's really, the scripture says we're not supposed to do that. But this day and age, it's okay. So if you think about that day and age, again, it, they were shunned. They were, there was something wrong with these people. So Mary had the stigma of being sexually immoral, but she wasn't. And so she carried this burden. But she was highly favored by God. And God's abundant grace is available to us because Ephesians 1, 6, it says, So we praise God for the glorious grace He has poured out on us who belong to His dear Son. In other words, again, that, that word highly favored in Luke 1, 28 is the same here applied to, to us in Ephesians 1, 6. In other words, you are highly favored of God. That's great, Pastor Stan. How does it help me pay my bills? You are highly favored by God. God is looking down from heaven today. He's smiling, thinking about you. Not me. Yes, you. Well, I'm just a computer programmer. I'm just a teacher. I'm just a cook. I'm just that. It doesn't matter about that. He's looking at you, smiling, saying, You are favored. And you and I don't live like that. We think, oh, I'm just trying to get by. I just, I just work at this crazy hospital or I go to this crazy lab or this crazy shop or I go and work with these crazy students or these crazy people. I can't stand it. And God is saying, that's not how you should be living. You are highly favored. You have a great call in your life. You are called to bring light to these people who are in darkness. You have joy. You have Jesus in you. 
you are highly favored. And whatever that career is, God's favored in giving you that career. And maybe it might be different if you started looking at this thing, I'm favored of God. Think about that. If you walk around saying instead of, oh, I'm just a worm, God, I'm just going to get to heaven by the, by the skin of my teeth, which I never understood the skin of your teeth because there's no skin in your teeth, right? But I might, I'm just a loser. I'm going to, just because of the grace of God, I might make it. That's not how God is. That's not how Jesus is. Jesus saves us and it says that we can boldly go to the throne of God. Boldly. Yes, we should go humble, not all proud and like, you know, the thing now the kids say, swag, you know, walking in God's presence. Yo, God, what's up, man? Not like that, but saying, God, I'm glad because Jesus died for me. I can come to God. Yes, I can be humbled, yes, but I'm boldly coming before the throne of God and saying, thank you, Father. I have favor. Come on, you are highly favored by God. Start living like that. Amen. Stop beating yourself up. I, I told you this. My, I, I am my worst enemy. I beat myself up more than anyone else. At my mistakes, at my thoughts, at, at my sins sometimes, and I make it. And God says, I've forgiven you. Live favored. Don't live in sin, but live favored. So Mary, a lowly betrothed woman to just a carpenter, is now highly favored by God. Ephesians 1.6 says that we're highly favored by God. Why are you living in fear? Come on, amen? Why do you drive? Oh my goodness, the terrorists. Oh, the swine flew, the avian flew. Oh my goodness. Stop! Stop! You might get one of those and you might die. But at least you'll die favored. Well, that's encouraging, Pastor Moon. Live life till it's full. That's what God was saying. God is saying to us, that's what Christmas is all about. Amen? Don't Fear. The next one, Luke chapter 2. I need to move on. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Again, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But letter number 3, God has good news for us. God has good news for us. That's what Christmas is about. God has good news for us. Verse 8, Luke chapter 2, it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God, the Lord, the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, or again, fear not, in the King James. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Check this out. Can you imagine this? Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men, whom, again, His favor rest. Okay, think about that. People thought maybe these shepherds might have been drinking or smoking something out there in the field. They're out there, tending sheep. Think about the shepherds, okay? Shepherds were... Typically lowly people, because it was hard for them to keep the Levitical law, keeping themselves clean, because they are always out there with the sheep. You ever been on a farm? Does anybody know what a farm is? Anybody seen a farm? Anybody smelled a farm? Even sheep stink. Lambs are cute, but when, like, if you grab them, you ever grab their lamb? You think, oh, they're fluffy. They're not fluffy. They look fluffy. But when you grab them, there's all this stuff called lanolin. And it's like, oh... It's gross. And so, so if you've ever been out on a farm with pigs and goats and sheep and, and cattle, you know, it's not clean. You're out there taking care of these sheep. You're out there do, just, no one wanted to do this job. 
It was a lowly job. But here God speaks to, at one time, a, a low caste people. And He says, hey, good news is, is here. Don't be afraid. And then the angels, the choir from heaven comes out and they're rocking it for Jesus. Then all of a sudden it leaves. And immediately they go. It says, the Scripture says they ran. I'm not going to read the whole thing. They ran and they, they went in right away as they could. They went to see the birth of Jesus Christ. And then they went and told everyone else, hey, the Messiah is here. The Christ is here. Jesus is here. So let me just say this again. The, the, the work of the shepherds in the field was pretty much routine and looked down upon. They had to keep watch for predators that might attack the flocks. Yes, there were sheep would, could wander away and there could be danger, but pretty much it was a pretty boring job. You thought your job was mundane. They got up in the morning. They took the sheep over to the water. They did that for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour. They sat around and talked. They took the sheep over to the, this area to graze. They sat around and talked. I mean, think about this all day. That's all you do. You're moving sheep around. You maybe throw a few rocks, talking about stuff. And so I imagine, just, just with me for a second, I, I imagine the shepherds had a lot of time to talk about stuff. Right? At the campfires at nighttime as they're walking along the sheep. Because sheep are not very good conversationalists. You can talk to sheep, but they don't have... They, maybe, you know... That's, that's, not a, that's not real deep, you know. That's not deep stuff that you're, you're getting with them. So I imagine the shepherds were probably, again, you've got to think about the time they lived in. They were under the iron heel of the Roman Empire, and then they had crazy King Herod. We talked about crazy King Herod last week. Remember, the guy was egotistical, he was homicidal, he was maniacal, he was an evil ruler. And they were probably lamenting that, that they, Israel was suffering under these two cruel rulers. And that David's throne was empty and the long-awaited Messiah had not yet appeared. It sounds like today, doesn't it? It sounds like we're still griping about politics and government today, right? We need a Savior. I mean, it sounds like today, right? I mean, it sounds like stuff you talk about at lunch or you talk about at the, at the coffee uh, shops or, or, or even at home and you lament. So imagine the fear of the shepherds when they experienced the glory of the Lord and the angels came. And He says, do not be afraid or fear not. What was this good news? What, what good news are you talking about? And, they, and, they, and the angel says, a Savior will be born. The angels came out. Boom! Exciting. I mean, it, I don't know if that's ever happened to you. An angel choir comes out and boom! Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God in the highest. That's Handel's Messiah, by the way, if you didn't know that. So in the midst of darkness, God brings light to these lowly shepherds. In the midst of your mundane, boring, commuting, going to work, paying taxes, paying bills, coming home, watching TV, being on Facebook, being on Twitter, going to bed, getting up in the morning, do the same thing, is light. Good news. In all of that, there's good news, and His name is Jesus Christ. Remember, you're highly favored. Your God answers your prayers. And now there's this good news. You see, sometimes in the darkness of night or in the darkness of our, our hard times, when circumstances seem worse, God will send us a messenger of good news. It might be a doctor. It might be a pastor. It might be a friend. It might be a co-worker. It might be a total stranger who will bring you good news. In fact, this morning, and I, was, I was shaving, getting ready. I have my phone, I have my phone in, the, in my restroom just because in case someone calls me. and I don't usually answer when I'm shaving. Uh, or I like to listen to Pandora, especially Christmas music. And I had a friend who texted me, and he texted me an encouraging message. That is awesome. A friend of mine here at 8 o'clock in the morning is texting me an encouraging message. And you see, God will send you encouraging messages throughout the day. 
It might be a kind gift, a kind act. Someone lets you in line in front of you. Let you in front of them in line at the grocery store. Look for these great messages of good news, because God send, is sending messengers to us all the time. But a lot of times we've got our heads down, don't we? Right? You've got to look heavenward sometimes. You've got to look up. You've got to get your attitude up and say, there is great news. Number one, Jesus has come and He's given me life. Amen? Secondly, I'm highly favored of God. God answers my prayer. And here's the good news. Number four is, God is greater than our sins. You should be shouting, hallelujah. God is greater than our sins. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but if you want to turn over to Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, uh, in fact, I may not even read it. Verses uh, 1 through 11. I think it's on your notes. Peter is, is, is out fishing. And he doesn't catch anything. And of course, Jesus says to him, hey, hey, Peter, put your boat out and let's go out to the deep. Okay, we haven't caught anything. Jesus said, just come on, do it. Go out there. He puts his boat out. They catch more fish than they ever have in their life. I'm just, I'm just condensing what's happening here. Some of you are reading it because you're stubborn. Okay? And that's fine, because you'll you'll catch up with me in a second. So he catches lots of fish, has to call another boat in. They get all the fish. He comes before him. And Peter now, let me find the scripture here. I will read this one. And Peter then in verse 8, Luke 5, 8, it says, When Peter Simon saw this, he he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. Okay? So here is Peter, when he saw the miracle that Jesus had performed, he felt so overwhelmed and unworthy that he almost wrecked his future call that God had for his life. Because Peter would become a great disciple for Christ and he would do great things for God, right? Remember this, because we have the, we have the ability to look back to the Scriptures. So here, Peter, he's about to say to God, go away from me, I don't, I, I'm a sinful man, I'm a wicked man, I'm, I'm worthless, God, please stay away from me. And you see, a lot of times, you and I, we live like that. You need to read Romans. The Bible says that we are no longer slaves to sin because of Jesus Christ. Yes, you sin. Yes, you make mistakes. But you're no longer slaves to sin. And there are churches full of people, probably maybe even in this room, who you go around all day, God, I'm I'm a sinful person. Why do you even waste your time on me? Because you're highly favored. And He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. So stop beating yourself up, would you? Because God's grace is greater than your sins. And I love that song. His love goes on and on and on. His love never runs out. Isn't that awesome? So start living like that. That's what the Christmas message is all about. You see, there's other religions. They just hope that maybe God will have favor with them at the end of their life. You don't have to live like that. If you accept Jesus Christ, you are assured. The Bible says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. No man comes to the Father except through me. But when you do that, when you make Jesus the Lord of your life, you are accepted and you will go to heaven. Amen? You don't have to live in fear. God is greater than your sins. In fact, Romans 5.8 says, God demonstrates His own love for us. In this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. Christ died for you while you were a sinner. You didn't deserve it. You don't deserve it now. I don't deserve it now. But yet, God still pours out this lavish love on us. Isn't that exciting? That's what the Christmas message is all about. You are now saved and God's grace is bigger. So because of that, you need to change your attitude. You need to stop living in sin. If you're living in sin, you need to stop lamenting about your past sins and you need to throw off any sin that's entangling you. Here's what it says. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1-3. through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders 
and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. In other words, you have a call on your life. You need to live it. Don't get bogged down with sin. Don't get bogged down with how bad you feel. Don't get bogged down in the past. Look to Jesus. Amen? The author and perfecter of your That is the Christmas message. That's exciting. Amen? Number five. Number five, okay? God is in control. You can turn there or you can just listen. I'm not Because again, I'm not going to read out of this, I promise you, this time. Luke chapter 8, verses through 40 through 46. Jairus, who is a, who's a ruler in the temple, his daughter is dying. He, he somehow connects with Jesus. And, and Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house because his daughter is dying. He says, Jesus, my daughter is dying. I know that you're a healer. I know that you're important. I know that you can do this. So he's on his way. He's taking Jesus to his house to heal his daughter, okay? Can you imagine now, as they're going through the crowds, there's this woman who we talked about before, the bleeding, the woman with the bleeding issue. She's bleeding. She's spent money and years, and she's unclean. And so she, she goes to the crowd, and she touches the hem of Jesus. You know the story, right? You know the account. She touches the hem of Jesus. Immediately she's healed. Jesus turns around and says, Who touched me? So as she does that, Jesus says, Your sins are forgiven. You're healed. They're, you know, on and, and as soon as he does that, then someone runs from Jerry's house because they didn't have text messages. They, you know, they run from the house and they, they say, Jerry's, your daughter has died. Can you imagine the horror in Jerry's at that moment? Here, he's taking Jesus, the healer, to his house to heal his daughter. He gets delayed. I'm, I don't know about you, but as a father, man, when you get in between me and my kids, you're going to be in trouble. If I have to take my kid to the hospital or something like that, no offense, I'm a pastor, loving God, but get out of my way. And if I've got Jesus and I'm taking him to take care of my family, no offense, but come on, Jesus, let's go. Let's go mess around. Let's go take care of my family. He stops. He heals us. I, I, I know as a human, I say, I would be shocked. What are you doing, Jesus? What are you doing? Can you imagine the shock in Jesus? But immediately, immediately, Jesus says, hey, immediately, Verse 10, Luke 5.10, Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid from... I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting back now. He says in Luke 8.50, I'm sorry. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. What? 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 Jesus, you've got to heal my daughter. So they go, they're on the way. You know the rest of the story. They go, they're, they're, they're getting there, people are mourning, and Jesus says, Get these people out of the way because she's sleeping, she's fine. Then they laugh at Jesus. Jesus goes up and heals her. She comes back to life. God is in control. Whatever circumstance you're going through today, with your job, with your life, with your family, with your spiritual life, whatever you're in, you need to know God is in control. And let me step it up another point. Some of you, and, I, and again, no offense... But, but people are lamenting this country like it's dead. I, yeah, it's, it's not a Christian nation. Well, I understand that. But it's not dead yet. And God is still in control. Well, there's a Democrat in office. Well, the Republicans are, are, are causing problems with Democrats. I don't know why you're surprised with mankind. It's just the way mankind is. But God is still in control. And I do, I mean, every day, every day I get an email from somebody. The end of the world. 
stock, you better go get guns. You better, I'm not exactly that, but every day there's something about this pastor, you need to read this link, and, and God bless you if you send them to me, but, but if they're depressing, I don't read them. You know what I read every day? I try to read every day? This book. Because this book tells me that God is in control no matter what. Amen? And whatever happening in your life, your family, this country, any country, the nation, God is in control. Well, pastor, you're like Pollyanna or something like that. I am an optimist. But I want to let you know that God is still in control. He is not up in heaven going, Oh my goodness, oh, what's happening? Oh, the economy, avian flu, oh my goodness. He just knows He is God. Governments come and go. Sicknesses come and go. But He is still in control. Well, Pastor Stan, I have this sickness. I have this need. I need this miracle in my life. God is still in control of your life. Friends, this is what this message is about. I want you to rediscover the hope and joy of Christmas again. Amen? God is in control of your life. Don't worry. What are, uh, who am I going to marry? What am I going to do? What about my retirement? God is in control. Amen? No matter what happens. Well, what about the financial fiscal cliff? We might go over it. I wanted you to get that in your mind. We might go over this fiscal cliff. It wouldn't be the first time it's happened in this nation. None of us in this room understand when, when they went in, in the 20s when the stock market crashed. None of us were, you might be alive, but we don't understand the, we don't understand it. It could happen. Is your soul ready for it if it happens? Is your faith in God ready for it? Because you know what? Did you know that people still ate food? Did you know that this country rebounded? Other countries in Europe rebounded because God was gracious? And if you're listening to Fox News and CNN and MSNBC and all these places that are telling you the financial cliff, you're going to fall over, we're going to all die and crash. God is in control. Amen? Stop living in fear. Well, Pastor Stan, I might lose everything. God is in control. He will take care of you. Amen? That's good preaching, isn't it? Colossians 1, i got to read this, 16-19. through 19, It says this, For by Him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. God is in control. Amen? Jesus is still the King. He is still the head of the church. He is still in control. Fear not. Amen? Number six. We're getting down to the end. God's, God considers us precious. God considers us precious. Luke 12, verse 7. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Now, I know for some of us we have more hair. Some of us have less hair. But however many hairs you have, ten or thousands, think about this. The God of the universe knows about every one of us in this room. He knows the number of hairs. Okay, A5 fell out today, but A7 is growing up today. Can you imagine? The God of the universe knows every person on the earth. He knows about the number of hairs on your head. He cares about when the birds die. He cares about your life. You are precious to Him. 
Because He sent His Son to die on the cross for you. He gave His life. So, so the apostles, the disciples, they were going through a time where people were threatening them and through some tough circumstances. And the Father says, Hey man, I know the numbers of hairs on your head and I know about every sparrow. I know about when they die. I know where they fly. I know all about them. Don't you think you're more important to me than, than they are? He says, don't worry about that. Fear not. Do not be afraid. You see, if God the Father cares for sparrows, surely He will care for His children. Some of you have been losing sleep at night because you're worried about something. God will take care of you. God will take care of it. You are precious. And say, well, I'm a, I'm a worthless person. Stop thinking like that. That's not from the Lord. God cares for you. Philippians 4.19 And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Amen? All of us go through the times where we start writing out the bills and we're like, I don't have enough money to pay the bills. We all go through that. God will take care of you. The Bible says He'll take care of your every need. Now, sometimes needs and wants are different, right? Amen? Not only that, verse Romans 8.31, it says, What then... What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? You are precious in God's sight. Amen? Amen? Stop beating yourself up. Stop thinking you're nobody because God cares for you. He's watching over you everywhere you go. And if God is for you, then it says that no one can be against us. Isn't that awesome? Amen. The last one, number seven. God secures the future. God secures the future. Luke 12:32. Luke 12:32. Here it is again. Do not be afraid or fear not, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. The father doesn't just give you a career, doesn't just give you a job, doesn't just give you a family, doesn't just give you life. He gives you the kingdom of God. Who cares, pastor? Saying, "No, that is big. You have been given Part of the kingdom of God. It says in Scriptures that you are a co-heir with Jesus Christ. And that one day when Christ comes back, we, the children of God, will rule with Christ on the new heaven and the new earth. That's big. You think you're the big wig at your job today. This is bigger than that. This is bigger than the present, than all the kings of any nation. This is bigger than being the richest person in the world. This is bigger than all that. We have the kingdom of God given to us. We are the children of God. We are the co-heirs of Christ Jesus. And our future is secure. You see, the future is not a question mark, but it's an exclamation point. And some of you are wondering, well, who am I going to marry? Where am I going to live? What job am I going to have? Who, who, what, 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 what? And those are legitimate questions that you should have, but just say, you know what, God is in control. We've already talked about that. And my future is secure. Don't stress about who you're going to marry. Pray about it. Don't stress about where you're going to go, to go to work. Pray about it. Don't stress about your grandkids. Don't stress about all. Just say, God, my future is secure. Say that. My future is secure. So stop living in fear. Amen? Fear not. Your future is secure. No matter what trials you may be going through, no matter what hard times, no matter what's happening in your life, God is still on the throne and your future is secure. It's not a question mark. Did you understand what I said earlier? God's not thinking, oh, I'm not really sure about Shelly. 
I'm not really sure about Pastor Stan. No, it's, it's my future. Her future is secure. There's no doubt about it. It's secure. My future, your future is secure. So stop living like people who don't have a future. Remember Jeremiah 2011. God has a plan for you. Future for your life. Plans to succeed. Plans to prosper you in Him. Amen? Come on, would you stand with me this morning? What are you afraid of? What are you worried about? Rediscover the message of Christmas. Start living with hope, with joy. You're called. You're highly favored. Your sins are forgiven. Your future is secure. Why live like the pagans around us who, who are hopeless when you have hope in Christ Jesus? Do not be afraid. Amen? This morning, maybe you've heard me talk about Jesus and you've, you, you've been hearing me talk about Jesus and, and you've said, you know what, I need to accept this Jesus because Pastor Stan said that Jesus said that He is the way, the truth, and the light and no man comes to the Father except through Jesus. But I want to accept this Jesus. So would everyone just close your eyes, please. Would you close your eyes just for the privacy around, around you. Bow your heads, please, just for the privacy of those around you. And the Bible says that whoever calls in the name of the Lord Jesus will be saved. And if you... If you Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. You will be saved. This morning, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus and your future is not secure. You can quickly do that by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior right now. And if this is you, if the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you've never done it before, with your eyes closed, your head's bowed, would you just quickly raise your hand and say, that's me, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want my future to be secure. Okay? I trust that everyone is, is secure. Now, you can look at me now. I just want to spend a few minutes, and I want to pray just for a few minutes. And I want you to respond to the altar time as the Lord is leading, because God wants you to come to the altar. I need to pray. Pastor Dave and I are going to pray for you. We have anointing oil. There's no magical power in that. But the Bible says when the elders of the church will anoint you with oil, you will be forgiven of sins, you will be healed, and, and the power of God can flow in your life. And so this morning, I want you to hear this, okay? Because I know that God is moving on some of your hearts as, as the message was spoken this morning. Come forward this morning. Come to the altar this morning if you want God's help to overcome the fear that has been dogging your life. Come on forward. Say, Pastor Stan, I need God's help to overcome this fear that's keeping me down. I want to overcome it. Come on down. Come forward if your fears are keeping you living from what God wants you to have. Come forward. Come forward if you need God to answer a prayer because remember, God answers prayer. Come on. Come on this morning. If you say, I want God's help to overcome this fear in my life or this darkness or I need God to answer this prayer. I've got this prayer that I need God to answer. I want you to come to the front. Come on. I want to pray with you. Pastor Dave and I are going to pray for you. Come on down. If you if you want to stop living in fear, you want to overcome it, you, you want to start... See God answers in prayers. You want to start going forward with God. I want you to come forward. If you want to say, you know what, Pastor Stan, I need to know that God is in control. Would you come down? God is in control of your life. Come on down. Come on down. If you say, I need to know that God is in control of my life. Or, you know what, I've been focusing on the bad news. I want to start focusing on the good news. I want to focus on the good news. Come on down if that's you. I want to pray for you. Say, I want to focus on the good news. If you, if you want to overcome fear, you want to live for God, you want to know that calling in your life, that highly favored some of you don't. You don't know you're highly favored. Come on down. Say, I know. I need to know that I'm highly favored by God. Come on down. Pastor Dave and I will start praying for you in a moment. Come on down. Some of you don't think you're precious in His sight. God is, is you're precious. You say, I need to know that I'm precious. Come on down. You are precious in God's sight. He gave His Son for you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made, the psalmist says. Come on down. And the last thing is, if you want to know that your future is secure, you're not sure about it, you want God to put it surely in your heart, I want you to come down. Come on down. If this is you, come on down. Come on down. Don't miss the move of God right now. Don't miss God. He is here this morning. He's here all the time. But He wants you to push in. He wants you to be touched by God. He wants the power of God.
to flow in your life. Anyone else? You want to overcome fear? You want to know that your future is secure? You want to know that you're precious in His sight? You want to focus on good news? You want to know that God is in control of your life or a situation? You want this God's grace on your life, this, this highly calling? You need an answer to prayer. You need a miracle from God today. I want you to come on down. Let's pray. I'm going to turn off my mic. Pastor Dave, starting on this side. Go ahead, Pastor Dave. Start praying. On that side, I will start praying on this side. So we're asking, Father, right now, before I start praying, I'm asking in Jesus' name that your power be present right now. Your presence be here today. We need your presence. Not gifts, God, but your presence. Your physical, spiritual presence in this room to help us to know that we have joy. We are highly favored of God. And we are not to live in fear because you've given us love, discipline, and a sound mind today. And so, Lord, overwhelm us today with your presence. Overwhelm us with your power. We need you today, God. For you are our God and you care for every aspect of our lives. And we want this right now in Jesus' name.
Now, with that, the Christmas message is for all of us. Amen? Now, the good news is this, and I know we're going to leave in a second. I know we have some things to do, but I want you to do this. I want you to remember what the shepherds did, okay? When the shepherds, after they met Jesus and the angels, it says they went out and spread the word. You've got to spread the word. This isn't just for you, but it's for the whole world. Amen? Can you turn the music off just for a second? I'm going to attempt to sing. Okay, you're going to sing with me. We're going to sing the chorus or the carol, Joy to the World. Okay, would you stand with me this morning? I'll try to sing it in a key that all of us can sing. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Now let me pray over you. Father, I pray this true joy, this joy of Christmas, that God, we are accepted in your sight, we're highly favored, you're, you're greater than our sins, our future is secure, God, we don't have to live in fear anymore, because we are children of God, we are co-heirs with Christ Jesus, and so, Lord, I pray that this joy would overwhelm us and that, God, you would answer our prayers and you do the miracles so we can give you glory. And then I pray that we would be like the shepherds. We'd go out and tell everyone what Jesus has done for us so they can be freed over this power of death and sin and, and hell because Christ is greater than all of that. And all the church says, Amen. God bless you. Say hi one to another. Meet someone you haven't met yet and bless them in the name of Jesus. Conrad. 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 Yeah, there's enough mic. Testing, testing, testing. Testing, testing. Testing, testing. Test, test. Check, check mic, check mic, check. I don't know if this is the one. Check, check. Conrad Villanova. Conrad.
It should be on. There you go. Now we're old. Hello. Very, very loud. Check, check. Okay. So how about you? Waiting on Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, please. Because Pastor has a meeting after this. Yeah, that's too much. That's. Where's your. Oh, no. I think I'm peeing.
Oh. 
This is for Suzette and Quincy, so if you guys want to take a turn and say something. A little bit. 